Greenland sharks live at least to be 400 years old. They don't reach sexual maturity until 150 years of age. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. All right, Charlie. You just got to be patient. You just got to be patient. That's my... That's my uh, Ode to Zach Wilson. They just got to be patient. He's going to come around. He hasn't reached maturity yet. It's going to happen in 150 years. Hey, Charlie. Happy Thanksgiving, buddy. Did you have a good time? I had I had a great time. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Yeah, it was good. I mean, it was a lot of people. We had a lot of... We had Thanksgiving, and then the day after, we had, like, uh, another Thanksgiving at Ashley's mom's house. Like, we hosted it. Then we had another one at Ashley's mom's house. And then the next day, one of my friends had a Friendsgiving. And as anyone who follows this podcast knows, I'm kind of an introvert. So I was social, like social interacted out. And my my daughter and I left the the second the Friendsgiving to go watch the Knives Out sequel because she is a little like me and that we're okay in social settings. But yeah, we we like to watch a movie and not talk for a stretch every now and then. So we had a good time there. So I don't know if this will get cut out, but uh, I was we were hosting for the first time ever. Ooh. And I was a little bit stressed, had had my parents had had the in-laws coming. In-laws got the cocoa the night before, couldn't come. So it became the most relaxed Thanksgiving of all time. We had gotten all this food, hung out with my parents for one night and then did absolutely nothing but watch football. I'm, I'm glad everyone's feeling good. But I was relaxed. Sorry about the the in-laws, but also congratulations for the in-laws. But the the Zach Wilson thing. So you make you give me a hard time, which I deserve. And I don't want you to stop doing about how I am like a softy sometimes when it comes to the athletes. So I just imagine. For Zach Wilson, he's what, 23, 22, something like that. 23 years old. And the media epicenter of the world. And the fans don't like him. He can't turn on the radio. He can't get on social media. Not that anyone turns on the radio anymore. He can't turn on the TV. He can't do anything without having somebody trash him. And then the one thing I was thinking about is like, I played corner and never in New York City. And I had bad games and had situations where fans were upset with me. But one thing I always had was my guys in the locker room. I could come back to the locker room. And even if I sucked, the fact that I was there and they knew I was working as hard as I could and I was doing my thing, doing the best I could, like they had your back. You know, you felt safe there. Even if you gave up a game winning touchdown, you you felt safe in that room because you felt like there were other people who had similar experience and people who actually matter. And people who actually buy in and are as committed as you are still love you. Yeah. That's what kills me about both of the Wilsons, Zach and Russ, is that's why there is no amount of money. There is no amount of anything that makes this hurt less. So, like, I think having the money is fine. Yeah, it's great. You have a big house, go to fancy restaurants, nice clothes, nice car, all that stuff helps but my point is they're in two different silos so financially he's happy as hell but this emotional thing you no matter how much money you have it has to feel like trash 
like the thing I've committed my life to the thing, the thing that I most hold close to my identity. Like these guys are football players before they are anything else. And that is just in the worst place ever. So that's all. That's all. I just want to get it off my chest. I feel sorry for him. I, for Zach. Yeah. I, I hope that this is the situation. I had this conversation with Greeny on his radio show earlier today is Greeny was like the, a lot of times in these situations, people who are being attacked try to point out at everyone else. And my response was like, yeah, that's human nature. When you're getting shot at, and Greeny's point was like, he needs to point at himself too. And my yeah. point was like, when you're getting shot at, it's your human nature to not shoot yourself too. It's to shoot back. Like it seems reasonable to shoot back. Yeah. But I was trying to make the point to Greeny that it was his major point was, well, he needs to figure out what he did himself to land in this situation. And my point is that's not actually all that important. What he needs to be concerned with is what he can do to get out of this situation. And even if he's right, even if the reason why he has not had success and not saying that he's saying this, but like it is probably normal to, to be like, well, they didn't protect or the scheme wasn't good. They didn't give me a chance. Even if he is right, that doesn't matter because you can't control none of that. He needs to figure out what he can do differently because he control he can control that. And as for Russell Wilson, uh, <laughs> I got nothing. It's for totally you different, right? I got yeah. nothing for you there. Well, that's the thing is like I, I, Zach Wilson, the story, whether it gets better or worse, whether it ever becomes a competent NFL quarterback, it is so far from written, and he is so young, and we have seen young, arrogant athletes, celebrities, normal people behave this way forever so that yeah. that one I, I totally understand um seems like it's really hard to succeed as a quarterback in new york city i genuinely wonder when the next young rookie quarterback we will see succeed there because even if you think about the iconic nfl quarterback of the last 20 years there eli manning he got savagely ripped apart his first half decade with the giants he had to win two super bowls for them to get right. off his back <laughs> so tvd on when we'll see the next like success story there russ is different to me because i think he's almost in this situation because he said sycophants telling him he's right and he's great and he's perfect for too long and it's made him weird and, de and detached from the rest of it um but i digress I that's digress. probably fair all right well yeah. i wanted to get that off my chest i know you got eight burning questions for me Going yeah. in, so I'll turn it over to you. Ask me these questions, and I will give you the correct answers. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DF today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DF. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom. 
Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. So I, I wanted to do 10 burning questions, but honestly, it just wasn't the best weekend for to have 10, <laughs> 10 burning questions. Like we, the full transparency here. I, yeah. I, I was bottom of the barrel at the end. Okay. First one. Should the Packers shut down Aaron Rodgers and see what they've got in Jordan Love for the rest of the year? I think the answer to that is an obvious yes. Like okay. I think at this point, the Packers are in the single digits as far as like percentage chance of making it to the playoffs. Maybe they should wait until they are actually mathematically eliminated. But Aaron Rodgers is not a young quarterback. He doesn't need reps. He, his ribs hurt. His thumb hurts. What are you gaining by rolling him out there? They seem to have some traction offensively uh, with him in the last few mm -hmm. weeks, which is encouraging for next year. And no matter what uh, anyone thinks, Aaron Rodgers, if he wants to play, he'll be the quarterback for them next year, and they'll be legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Like, they'll be at the top of the heap again uh, before the season starts because of the talent they have on that roster and because uh, Aaron Rodgers hasn't forgotten how to play football. And then there's – it's kind of two parts of this. The second part is getting Jordan Love some some reps. Right. So I am of the belief that Jordan Love – he played well in the snaps that he got in uh, the Sunday night game. But I'm of the belief that he ain't it. He don't got it. Because if they thought he had it, they would not have – I mean, I guess they had no choice because after they drafted Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers went absolutely bananas on the mm -hmm. field, and they couldn't phase him out like they did Brett Favre. But I I'm, I don't feel like he's the quarterback of the future, and no matter what he does in the next couple of weeks, it's unlikely that he's going to be uh, good enough to not give Aaron Rodgers another run. So, yeah, Jordan Love getting some reps is good for them. It's good for that team. He can either be the reason. I guess the tough spot is what do you do with him? Because if he's good enough, that you so good that you don't want to get rid of him, but you have to, like, pay him enough to stay, and other people want him. That's a tough spot to be in, but it's a good problem to have. Yeah, that's the interesting thing to me. And, um, you know, Roger's quote was, as long as we're mathematically, uh, mathematically alive, I'd like to be out there intimating that once they get eliminated, it could be very different. Um, I think it's interesting because quarterbacks are the most precious assets in football. And in theory, if they can boost Jordan Love's value, they have two of those assets. And this is a roster that is not totally bereft of talent, but could use a little bit more. And having two of those assets gives you more flexibility than we thought they could possibly have two weeks ago. when we were talking about Rob Domofsky's article about how they need to get out from Aaron Rodgers. So conceivably... This could be their path back to being the Packers we've known for the last decade. Yeah. Either way, you want Jordan Love yeah. to play and show that yeah. he's good. So I I don't see a future that does not involve Aaron Rodgers in the short term. There's a possibility that the future does not involve uh, Jordan Love. But I guess the scariest possible thing is they don't win the championship next year. They move on from Jordan Love and he balls out somewhere else. Right. And that's a tough spot to be in is you had the quarterback of the future in your building and you let him leave. It, it makes sense if you win a championship. It doesn't make sense if, if you don't. And well, yeah, 
that's the crazy thing is there's so many teams that are in bad quarterback situations that we thought were in good ones before this year that if if Jordan Love is good this year, there will be a a crazy market for him, like a, a really high market. Um, that's bananas to me because we we did this like our early shows were about how there's so many teams like this. This is a week to week league and the 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 ties change so damn quickly for so many teams. But yeah, Jordan Love, I, I can think of a few teams off the bat that'd be willing to at least kick the tires on Jordan Love. Uh, was it Matt Flynn who who got a monster? That's it was right, Matt Flynn yeah. who got a, a monster deal after the six after the six touchdown game. <sighs> they got to set that up. It was it was with them too, wasn't it? It was the Packers. Yeah, it's the Packers. Yeah, it was the Packers. So yeah, they need to pull that move again. <laughs> and obviously, this depends on if he can sort of uh, play well with Christian Watson and the young skill position players around him for the rest of the year. How excited do you think Stefanski would be to get a few weeks to coordinate this offense? without the influence of Aaron Rodgers. Very. Do you think he wants that? Like, I think that when he was having success, people were like, hey, Aaron Rodgers. Now he's thinking and people are questioning how good he is. If he could get Jordan Love, who athletically has the tools to, like, go within his scheme, play action, boot, under center handoffs to these two running backs, nobody would be more happy it's Stefanski to get a chance. Yeah, so that's that's all. I just wanted to to mark that. We can go to the next question now, unless you have something more on that. No, I got you. Um, so the next one I got have is more quarterback stuff, uh, and that's coming off of Sunday Night Football. Let me just read you this tweet from uh, Field Yates. Jalen Hurts became just the fourth player ever with 150 plus passing yards, 150 plus rushing yards in the same game. He's now pacing for 3,956 passing yards and 26 passing touchdowns and 922 rushing yards and 12 rushing touchdowns this season. My question for you, can Jalen Hurts steal the MVP from Patrick Mahomes? Um, He can. So yeah, that's a different question. Can he steal it? So that's a good question because that requires me to jump into the minds of the people making the decisions because I don't have a vote. Um, it reminds me, I was I'm listening to a podcast about polling, like political mm-hmm. polling the other day, and they said one of the best innovations in polling is not asking people who they're going to vote for, but asking them who they think is going to win or who the people around them are going to vote for. And apparently it has a great impact on getting more accurate because you get a better feel you they're using um, their access to other people to give you a better understanding of what the public is thinking, not just what they're thinking. And also it takes out the point where they are saying who they want to win and not who will win. But anyway, Mm -hmm. good question. You're a great polar. Uh, The point is, I don't think it happens because as you and I have discussed, this is a narrative award. Um, And Obviously, you have to have the numbers to be in the conversation, but your story has to be good. And I think Jalen Hurts' story sets him up for like, I don't know, I guess it's not comeback player of the year, but if there's like a most improved player of the year or something like that, his story story sets him up for that. And we give a lot of credit to everything around him, the coaches, um, Howie Roseman, building the roster, those receivers, that offensive line. And that defensive talent, we give a lot of credit to all those things. And we're like, yeah, he is managing the hell out of the situation and even balling out in certain certain cases. 
The story for Patrick Mahomes is the opposite. It's yeah. like we took away your weapons. And McCole Harmon's been hurt. Tyreek Hill's gone. Travis Kelsey is your best player. Um, Kadarius Tony shows up for a minute. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is concussions. And y'all can't stop this train. There are no ups and downs. They only win. They continue to win. They look like the best team in football. The defense isn't dominant. They're okay. And I think the story around that is a little bit more compelling unless uh, Jalen just goes off these last several weeks and, like, puts up crazy numbers. What do you think? Uh, I totally agree. Um, I mean, part partially, it's just like I think that we are actually entering the the Brady Manning zone with Mahomes, where he's so consistent that we're almost taking it for granted that uh, every single year you could say that he's had the best team and should win the Super Bowl. Um, and this year, where there have been two conferences that are less competitive than they usually are. The fact that he's doing it and is probably going to throw 45 touchdown passes. I personally would not give it to Jalen Hurts, but I also understand if the numbers are so overwhelming that at some point you have to credit the best player on this, on the best team in the NFC. He's added another dimension, which is why I would say more LeBron James than Brady Mahomes is he as a wow to it where it's like Brady Mahomes Rarely, I mean, not Mahomes, Brady and Manning, they occasionally did like highlight moves or plays that you're like, wow, what a needle threading there. Patrick Mahomes, like every four weeks, he does something that when his his first year, we flipped out. Yeah. Every we would flip out every time we saw it. You remember the left-handed throw against the yeah, Broncos? Oh, yeah. That wasn't in his first year. But anyway, like he would do something new every couple of weeks and we flip out now. You barely even remember when he did that goal line spin push pass a few weeks back. He just on top of us like taking his greatness for grant for granted, we take the wild plays for granted also. But yeah, most fun player to watch. Yeah, most appealing style, best player. That's like Michael Jordan. Um, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, the crazy thing also, I was thinking about when I was when I was writing down that question, thinking back to the last four years. Obviously, this didn't happen. You could have easily looked back and the Chiefs could have won the last four Super Bowls. I think you could say they were the best four teams all of the last four years coming into this year. Um, It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Follow-up question on Jalen Hurts. Um, Most of this year has been disappointing quarterback play, except for from the class of 2020, which is not as heralded as we, as, as like the 2021 class. Um, but I want to know how you sort of rank those guys right now and projecting forward. Cause the first pick in that draft is Joe Burrow. The fifth pick was Tua. The sixth pick was Justin Herbert. 26th pick was Jordan Love. And the 53rd pick was Jalen Hurts. All right. So Jordan Love is out of the conversation. Yeah. He's yeah. he's last. Um, Jalen Hurts is at four. Um, would I jump Jalen Hurts over Herbert? No. Um, would I jump Herbert over Tua? Oh, you trying to get me in this internet beef, huh? Yeah, I'd go Herbert over Tua. Yeah, I'd so leave I... Burrow where he is. Um, I'd go Burrow, Herbert, and then Tua and Hertz is the question here. I'd go Hertz then Tua. It's the yeah, way I draft him. It's yeah. not the way that they're playing this year. So Dolphins fans, I was gonna say don't don't at me, but I don't really look at my mentions anyway. So light them up, baby. Get up in them. <laughs> I won't see it. I had uh, the exact I had the exact same ratings. I our, our draft draft redraft ratings. Um, I think Burrow and Herbert, like 
I I too have Burrow one, but I actually think it's like when Burrow when Herbert's right, it's like yeah. stunning. And just like the opportunity to disagree with Emmanuel Acho about football just had me <laughs> had his had Herbert's draft stock skyrocketing in this oh, hypothetical yeah. redraft. Love Herbert. All right, what's next? All right, um, shocker. Do you think all four NFC East teams will make the playoffs this year? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think the so what you're talking about now is wild cards. Uh, there are three wild cards available. Can they get all three of them? Right. Uh, the Cowboys or the Eagles are going to win and go wild card. And then we're looking at Washington or the Giants beating out. Uh, so I'll say that one of them make it in. And then this last spot is, I guess, Seattle, right? It was that, would that be their main competition? Yeah. So basically right now they would all get in. It's Seattle is on the heels of the giants or commanders. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think the giants or the commanders are all that good. One of them, I think will fall by the wayside, but the, I guess the, the tough thing is who's going to knock them off. It'll have to be, if San Francisco wins the West, it'll have to be Seattle. Cause I don't really believe in anyone else. They got a real good chance of pulling this off. Oh, gosh, this is wild. I think they might do it. It's really wild. I mean, the Giants are the team that I think are, are most likely to fall, but that's because you look at the, the remaining schedule. They've got Commanders, Eagles, Commanders, Vikings, Colts, Eagles. So that's the one that could hurt them if the Commanders aren't, you know, yeah, bad. Yeah, I'll say... I'll say yes just for fun because I don't actually know the answer to this. Let's go yes because so we can see something we've never seen before. I'm I'm rooting for it too because it's going to make our picks uh, when we get to the first round of the playoffs so much easier picking against <laughs> these bad <laughs> NFC East teams in the first round. Um, right. Okay, next one. Uh, which diminutive quarterback that has issues with his teammates is in a more salvageable situation, Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray? Well, it's easy. It's Russell Wilson. Really? Who has a more salvageable situation? Yeah, the, the questions about the situation or what's around Russell Wilson, I think, is better. Well, that, and like, could he six? Can he succeed in Denver? Yeah, I still think it's him. I, I mean, hmm. the the roster in Denver is better than the roster in Arizona. The coaching in Denver is probably worse than the coaching in Arizona, but that can be changed easily. They, they both probably will be changed. The Broncos. Yeah, and the Broncos have a great defense. They have something that's great. The Cardinals don't have anything great. <laughs> you know, like, that's the thing. And that doesn't feel as as salvageable. And this is a new ownership group with the old coaching staff. So firing them might be easier and moving on. This seems like, uh, from Steve Keim to Bidwell, there seems like there is a connection there. And from uh, Keim to Kingsbury, there seems like there is a connection there that changing that is going to be more challenging. And then again, you still have the roster that's going to be harder to turn over. And then if you compare these players, they both aren't good right now, but we've seen Russell be great over the course of an entire season. We haven't seen um, Kyler do that. So I think that answer to that question is easy. It has to be Denver and Russell. See, that's interesting to me because like, I genuinely don't didn't know the answer to this because I think Kyler Murray has been okay for his NFL career. He's had moments where he's had really good plays, but he's never really strung it together. Obviously what we've seen from Russell Wilson is 
one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL yeah. this year. Like it is stunning to have that good of a defense and that bad of an offense. Um, situationally, it's almost unprecedented that they continue to have, like they, they have, they're near the top of the NFL in drives and dead last yeah, in points. It's, it's like, it, it's stunning when that happens. Um, they also have no picks for the next couple of years. This is one of the worst trades in NFL history. That's fair. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think about that part about the roster construction going forward. Yeah, that's tough. And the real, the real question with, with Kyler is if you believe in the Cardinals is, can that succeed? And is that an attractive job? If you go all in with Kyler Murray and you get rid of Kingsbury and kind, probably not. They're probably both yeah. screwed, but um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. with that said, I guess you're right. If, if you can get Russell Wilson to play league average quarterback, that team can win a division or be close to it, I guess, because the chiefs All are right. there. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing your relationships, your skills, your customer base? How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. What's next? Okay, next one. Do we get it wrong with the Patriots? We just, uh, after the first couple of weeks, we assumed that all Belichick-led teams would be well-coached and their offense would be fine. But their offense stinks and looks to be poorly coached. And... I don't know how to parse that. Is that on the quarterback situation or is that on Matt Patricia, rocket scientist, defensive coordinator, failed head coach being their offensive coordinator? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I think so when I watch their games, there are some times when it's clear that they are coaching around Mac Jones and, and mm -hmm. trying to keep him from ruining the game, which to me suggests that it's, you could put the blame on the quarterback because he's not good enough to play better now. You could put the blame on them, which in the Vikings game, he played better than we had than he's played recently. So it's like, I don't know. I like, can I blame everybody? Can I blame the whole building? I I still yeah. think, yeah. And maybe I was wrong. I, I said that I thought that Matt Patricia is like, it's fine. You're not ruining anybody's career by putting Matt Patricia at offensive coordinator. They're not going to let him do it by itself. Like Belichick's going to have some say in that and they'll be like mediocre, but not terrible, not good, but it's fine. They'll rely on their defense. And let me see where they stand right now and see how wrong I really was. All right. By offensive EPA, the new England Patriots are, they don't even appear on the screen. Oh, there they are. They're 25th. That's pretty bad. They are 25th. So 
Yeah, maybe I was wrong. I was wrong. You need an offensive coach. Yeah, it's well, this is small sample size. Anyway, I mean, yeah, I ha- I, I hammered the the take. You can never be badly coached if you have yeah. Belichick. But I I I don't want to talk about the Patriots anymore. They're boring and and not good. Okay, they are very boring. Okay, um, after the way tanking has play, pay, uh, played out in the last couple of years, do you think a team is gonna uh, or group of teams will plan to get their tank on? For Caleb Williams, because this is like a 15 month process. This is going to start soon. You know how much I hate tanking. And I think that it's not effective in football. And the worst thing about it is I think it not only ruins a team, but it ruins a young quarterback's career. You put him in a a, a situation and he's not able to actually succeed. So I think if teams are smart, they will not completely like blow up their rosters and try to race to the bottom because they will not have success unless, I mean, I don't know, I guess it could happen. It could be possible. But as you mentioned before, quarterback's the hardest question to answer. And Caleb Williams, I watched that game against Notre Dame and I could, I get the appeal. I get why somebody might want to throw everything away to go get Caleb Williams, but I hope not. I hope that people have learned their lesson and don't try to do that because not only is it a thing to do to the players on the roster, it also doesn't seem to actually work for anybody. Well, that that's the really interesting thing is like you look at the teams that really tried to. I, I shouldn't say they all tried to tank, but were bad enough to tank. Um, tank for Trevor, tank, tank for Tua. What en- ended up being at the bottom for Burrow. None of those teams, I think, would regret it right now. Is the crazy part? Is like, and I, I look at that and I. I you think of Trevor Lawrence first, right? You're like, basically Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, that level prospect. Everyone was tanking for Trevor Lawrence. And then you look at the Jaguars, they're four and seven. Trevor Lawrence has been up and down. But I also think that if you start, if you start thinking about it, like, they probably take that situation for the next decade of having him at the helm now that they have the coaching figured out. And then you look at uh, Tua and Burrow, the case from the year before. Both of those teams, I think, would be like, yeah, all the it. pain was worth it. I hate it. But when is it going to pay off, though? So, like, if your goal is to win a championship, and we all accept that early in the quarterback's rookie deal is when you win championships, the time that it takes you to rebuild your roster and also try to protect your quarterback is time that you are burning. Like, bring a well, good quarterback. You, will, you rethink, will you rethink that if, if say, Miami wins the Super Bowl this year? Because then you'll have looked at it, and it's right. Cincinnati made it to the Super Bowl last year, and Miami is a contender this year. I won't rethink it. I will not rethink it because uh, I have integrity. And also, like, those don't feel replicable. Yeah. <laughs> like, they don't, neither of them feel replicable. You need to get sued. <laughs> you need to draft the, the, you need the guy that you want to get injured. You need to fire your coach. It, like, it just seems absurd. And you need yeah. to win a playoff game despite getting sacked nine times. Like, this is all, it just all seems like it's too hard to, to um, recreate. Whereas every other team was good and added a quarterback to an already good team. Yeah. I mean, the thing that's crazy about this is like, we haven't even gotten the hype started yet with Caleb Williams because that Oklahoma team sort of fell apart last year when Lincoln Riley left in November and USC is on the West coast and they aren't one of the real conferences. They're not like, they're not in the big 10 or sec, but if he cooks in the college football playoff, we're talking about someone who in seriously one and a half college seasons, 
has 71 touchdowns and seven interceptions, including rushing touchdowns. Like we're, we're the, the, the numbers and the jump off the screen style of play. This is going to get really loud in T minus a month. If he's, if he's good in the playoffs. Yeah. I hope he ends up in a good spot. He's a DC guy. He's our guy. Yeah. Let him leave and not go to Maryland twice, but it's fine. We still love him. The last one I got is how did we not know about Giants hats sooner? And how, how do we get them? How do we get them? How do we get them? <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I, I mean, we're in D.C., so we should have the end on it. One of us has to go and find the giant hat guy and, and get some some special made uh, Foxworth show giant hats. Those things are awesome. Yeah. Uh, if we mock, if someone on Twitter can mock us up a logo, I will find it out and I will get one of the giant hats made and send it to you as well. Oh, you're so kind and generous. Now it's going to be embarrassing if no one mocks it up that's, for you. That's right. Like, send it, send it to Dominique because you'll, <laughs> you'll know his Twitter. He'll send it to me. I will. Or uh, yeah, send it to Charlie because he checks his mentions more often than me. I'll check for this guy. I'll check for this okay. guy or girl who'll make the hat. I will now check my mentions so we can find the giant hat person and uh, make everybody giant hats, including me. All right, Charlie. I appreciate it. Fun time. See you soon. Next up, Roses and Thorns. He's so good! How has Dominique been lately? Bad or good? Let's find out. This is Roses and Thorns. All right. Time for everybody's favorite Fox Earth, Roses and Thorns. Hey, bud. How are you? Ashley's here. That's <laughs> everyone's favorite Fox Earth. She's mid-chewing right now. If you're not on um, YouTube, you're just listening to the podcast. I'm feeling right now. I'm great. Good. You look great. What are you doing in, in the set? What are you doing in a sad, sad, sad basement? I will say it looks a little happier with me in it, though. That's fair. Give it a ponytail, some rhinestones on a hoodie. Um, What am I doing here? Because you're not here. This is so I joked that like somebody was like, oh, you know, like, do you like doing this with Dominique? I was like, well, I mean, it really just takes like 25 minutes of my week. So it's not like a big ask. But also, yeah, I love it. It's like we have these midday yes. dates. Um, But this time I love it even more and it's an even more useful midday date because you're in New York with that beautiful skyline bridge, whatever behind you. And I am in your dungeon and I'm here because honestly, I was hurrying to get down here and you already have like stuff set up where it's upstairs because it was Thanksgiving. I had cleaned up the living room and put all my stuff up in the basement. And so I would have had to like bring a table back up and bring the light, one of the lights back up and all that stuff. So I figured. That's fun, fun. Did you enjoy Thanksgiving? It was not the worst thing ever. It was okay, I guess. Did I enjoy Thanksgiving? We've already talked about how the holidays just get me all in my feels. Of course I enjoyed Thanksgiving. That gets right into your roses, of course, that the fried turkey was delicious. Um, his fried turkey was so good. It was so good that the next day when I'm like looking for it, I have got all like the fixings, the leftover gravy, leftover stuffing. It, we had like a plastic, a lunch size plastic baggies worth here. We had like 45 people over for Thanksgiving and we had all, we had like pork roast, salmon, um, prime rib, what else? Ham. Ham. Um, a, I got a smoked turkey too that I bought from somewhere, but so his turkey, crab cakes, like, and so um, we had so much stuff. And we had a lot of leftovers of everything. And it wasn't that it wasn't enough turkeys. There was a lot of leftover turkey at the end of dinner. But I have like to-go boxes because I generally want people to take stuff home because I can't be like stuck with all the leftovers. I would waste them. 
but people killed his turkey. Like, and then we might say, like, we're having the best turkey sandwiches. And I was like, well, me and my kids are rationing out the leftovers, but that's okay because he can just make a new one. So it was really good. He also separately as a rose kind of saved Thanksgiving because the night before Thanksgiving, I was getting my hair done. Um, and my friend does my hair, Roger. He's so great. He comes over to the house and does it. So he came over and did me and my sister's hair. And like, we just hang out and like have cocktails and stuff um, together. And he was doing my hair. And I go down and get like an ingredient out to make him a cocktail. Um, and he's so good that he can drink while doing hair. It's fine. Um, I totally trust him. <laughs> the hot tools by my face drop um, or tipsy. But I went to get him and I was like, honey, the refrigerator's warm. And it was totally my fault because I had made the greens, um, like a huge pot of collard greens um, earlier in the day. And I waited so long for them to cool. Like I waited like four hours, but eventually I was like, these things have to go in the fridge before I, I think forget to put them in the fridge and then I have to start over and go to the grocery store and make all the greens tomorrow. And I put them in, they were probably still too hot. So it like tanked the refrigerator's temperature. And our refrigerator is also old. Like we have a new one on order. We're redoing our kitchen next year. Um, so like I'm prepared for it to die at any moment. But um, but I think honestly, because it's been fine since then, it was just the greens. Anyway, I'm like panicked because I have so much stuff in there. And I'm like, oh my God, Thanksgiving is going to be ruined. And we're lucky we have like extra refrigeration around the house, but like nothing that's as big as that. So Dominique was like running around and pulling the stuff out and rushing it to like different other places to keep it cool. So in that way, not only did you make Thanksgiving great by frying that delicious turkey, you also saved Thanksgiving or at least saved everyone from getting food poisoning by keeping everything cool. To be clear, nothing was wrong with the fridge. The fridge was fine. You were panicking. It was 40. It was 47 degrees. Right. And you just we just leave it closed. It got cold by the morning. It would have been fine had I not. We don't know. We don't know. The seafood, seafood, guys, you got to be careful with that. That seafood could have had everyone they would have been real right. sick. You would have. He has a stomach of steel. He would have been totally fine. He can eat anything and live. Like me, we've been through this before. I yeah. know because so. he doesn't have a rich stomach. Some people got a fancy digestive system. He says that because I have Crohn's. Like some people got a fancy digestive system. Other people just got to eat what you can get your get your mitts on and, and figure out how to digest <laughs> it. That's how you do. Right? I here. can't. I can't do it. You and me. your rich kids. Um. So you get to the thorns, let's get negative, or we can go with the thorns, or we can go with a question that I had, a surprise question. Your choice. Okay, well, I actually have I actually have more um roses. You don't want to hear them? Oh, it get uncomfortable after a while. You tell me too many nice things, it makes me feel uneasy. But you know, what I'll say is my nice things might be more superficial than my my thorn. Uh-oh. All right. Cause of the core. Thorn me. So so skip my nice, my nice roses. Yeah, um, I don't know. Spit them out quickly. <laughs> okay, you put the tree up before you left. Even though it's not December, he really doesn't believe in getting the Christmas before December. And because he loves me, he put the tree up because it's too big to put it myself. So that's when I have to decorate it tomorrow. I'm so excited. Um, you let us binge watch Love is Blind over the weekend. Normally, Dominique is like he watches um even like Netflix shows, like they're like network TV. And I just go with it. Like, I mean, obviously I could be like, no, we're doing this. But I'm like, okay, we'll just watch something else now. He like is like, even if like all 12 episodes are there for you to watch it one time, he's like, nope, one episode and then watch the next episode next week or like in a few days. Like he does not believe in binging TV shows. Um, whereas me, I'm like, run through it, let's go. But we binge watch Love is Blind and that was fun. Yeah, we binge watch 60% of Love is Blind because I fast forwarded through about 40% of it because it's just so much fluff. But anyway. True. Um, And then also I like pelotoning a lot and we got 
like, so we have like the bike and the treadmill and they have these things where you can set monthly goals and it's like 40 miles on the treadmill and 150 miles on the bike. And I always do them just to make sure, like, I'm not even like, honestly, I eat whatever I want. So I don't even really be losing weight like that. But like, it's just good for me for routine, for my mind. I like to make sure like I get, you know, through these goals in the month and a few other goals they have too. But Dominique joined me in it. And even with all his travel, and he, I know, obviously he's very fit and could work out and run a lot. You are, but he did it. And while he is not quite at his goal yet, he's on track to do it before December 1st. So I'm proud of that because it was, yeah. he just dove right in despite his travel and all the busyness of the month. He has gotten those, those goals accomplished. So those are my all roses. Right. No, cut me deep. You seem like you really want to get after me. So we're done with the roses. Thorn me. <laughs> Related to your working out, like, again, I work out not to be like to to relatively fit my clothes. They don't fit that well. It's hard to bend over my jeans sometimes, but like I can button them right now, which I take as a win. And because it's like good for my mind and stuff. He was like, when he was saying, like, I never work out, which I didn't make myself work out. So I was like, oh, you can set these little goals like I do, like silly little digital gold star stickers, but it's enough to like motivate me to work out a lot. But here's the trick. We got another palette. We got the Peloton row and now we have three goals to reach for December. I don't know if we'll be able to do it, babe. But um, but anyway, he does it because he really will get up and look in the mirror and be like, I only have a six pack right now. I no, I've I've never said that. He has body dysmorphia, and as a normal body, I've person, never said any of that. Honestly, we've been married going on thirteen years now. So, as a normal body person, I look at him and his body dysmorphia and think something is wrong with you, not something's wrong with me. But I would say up to like year five, and like this is like me having babies and stuff. It's like something's wrong with me. Like if he thinks that's not great, what am I? Um, so I'm glad that I now don't think anything's wrong with me. I'm phenomenal, if you ask me. It's like I mean, I would like my jeans to be more bendable but whatever I'm fine with myself is all I'm saying like he's not making me feel bad about myself but he really wakes up and thinks he's not in shape when he is in the best shape so like it's not it's it's all relative like I feel like if you would have got on the SATs what I got you would have looked at yourself like what the hell is going on with me I'm such an idiot let me go figure this out it's like different people have different talents or different skills or different attributes or different traits and I know what my body can look like and I know that it looks nothing like that I'm not like mad I don't think I'm fat I've never said oh I only got six abs today you tried to play me I just like I mean my body don't look as good as it once did and I'm sure everyone can relate to that I'm relatable he like pinches his stomach it'll be like never happens you never happens. you literally have dominique to show me when i'm like only yes I because mean, you, you show me yeah you're like no it looks fine like no this is the difference like at one point i did not have this i now have this and you're like that's just skin like no if it's just skin i had less skin before and yeah <laughs> i got i gotta work out to do that your skin's just looser you're not fat it's not looser i know i'm not fat i never said i was fat it's just when you see yourself naked, sometimes you're like, damn. And sometimes you're like, oh, and right now I'm getting closer to what I like. I need to lift weights, but lifting weights is hard. I saw an old picture of myself today when back when I used to like not have a neck and my head looked so tiny. I don't want to get back to that. Yeah, but, it was not yeah. cute. Oh, <laughs> it was cute enough. It's cute enough for, for somebody. I remember the first time I saw you without your shirt on. Like we had gone on a date and you were staying in College Park. Um... And you were in a hotel, like changing. And I remember thinking, like, he's trying to change in front of me. Like, we would go into that gala. So you were dressed up. Yeah. And like, I had already gone back to my apartment and changed. 
Oh, yeah, that was the closing move. It didn't work. Though. Oh, yeah, you were trying. I was like waiting in the hotel, like in the hallway outside of his bathroom, and he was changing, but it was like a slow, let me take my shirt off and change. And all I remember thinking was, because I hadn't really seen someone like naked with his body, or not naked, he had like just his shirt off. But I was like, whoa, his stomach looks like a turtle. And his arms, does he have short arms? He has really short arms, like a dinosaur. But it wasn't that they were short, I came to realize, it's that they were like muscular. That's and sad. his stomach looked like a turtle because like it was so hard that it like, poked out and was round. I thought that was my closing move. But then I, I didn't realize that it was backfiring. That's unfortunate. No, it was just interesting to me. I was like, what is this anatomy? Mind you, this boy, now I know this about him. When he was like eight or six, how old are you in that picture? He had a six pack. A picture six pack from thingy. Disney World? Yeah, where you're laying in a, you have it upstairs. Yeah. Um, he like worked for that six pack, I came to find out, right? Like he would like do crunches and make himself spit up. I, when I was about that age, like when I was maybe, 10, maybe I, maybe I did have a little bit of body dysmorphia. He does dysmorphia. have body dysmorphia. Ah, yeah. When I, I was 10, I weighed more than I ever weighed again until I was in law school and pregnant with my first daughter. Like that is how obese I was as a child. If I did not have Crohn's disease, probably I would have remained that size and Dominique might not have seen me in the dining room. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, he would yeah, have missed I mean, all of the greatness on the inside because he would have been stuck on that non Crohnsian body. Which leads me to the question I was going to ask. And you you uh, try to be aware of where the microphone is. I don't know if you can tell, but like you sound incredibly mm. different where you move. Ooh, around. Which but one sounds sexier? That one when you're in the proper position. Mm, I don't like that. Um, okay. all right. So, all right. yeah. All right. We watched Love is Blind, and this is kind of like Love is Blind a little bit. I would not have seen all that you are if I, uh, if you <laughs> didn't have Crohn's disease, I guess. It'd lose a lot of weight. I would have missed out on the greatness inside you. If we were on Love, and Love is Blind, this is my big question for you. If we were on Love is Blind and we had to be in the pod, so people who don't watch that show, the concept is you can't see the person. You, like, date a bunch of people with a wall it's between It's so ridiculous. You. For seven days or less. It's a ridiculous concept, but you don't see them. But then you get engaged afterwards based on like your emotional connection that you had in the pods. So my question for you is, if we were on Love is Blind, do you think we would have chosen each other? Mm. We couldn't see each other. It's just the personalities, just the conversations. How old were we? Where are we in our lives? Like the age we actually met or not the age we actually met, the age we like started dating or sure, more mature? One. No, young. Well, first of all, that would be crazy because we were 21 and 22. Now, when I meet people that age and they're trying to be in serious relationships and thinking they're going to marry someone, I'm like, you're so dumb. You need to see the world. You need to explore things. You didn't like, do any of that. I was 25 when we got married. And now, like, 25-year-olds when they're dating someone, I'm like, but you just have your life ahead of you. What are you doing? Um, My yeah. poor daughters. Um, I'm going to be so annoying. But okay, so first of all, that would be dumb as you know what, but I don't curse because Christina isn't on here to take out my cursing right now. Sarah can edit that out. Oh, good. Thank you, Sarah. Um, That would be crazy because it would be too young to be going on there trying to find a fiance. But let's just pretend. Um, I think I would have been attracted to you. I think like you have the most like interesting, like you just know a lot about stuff. Um, I remember one of our first like times hanging out was I was in college and I was taking a film class about like Alfred Hitchcock movies. And so I've been taking the class all semester. This was like sometime in the spring, like around April, maybe. And I've been taking the class all semester. So like I've been learning like about different like themes in his movies and what different like imagery means. Um, but I'm watching one with him that I'm either doing like a midterm paper or a final paper or some sort of paper one. So I have to like pause it and take notes. And like right away, he's like 
so I'm like, damn, have you been sitting in the class too? Did you take this when you were here? Um, and like, he just knowledgeable about stuff. And then I also was taking a class about like um, stereotypes of black women, particularly it was after um, Halle Berry won her Oscar. Um, Monsters Ball. Monsters Ball. There you go. I was going to call it Monster, but I knew that wasn't it. Um, after she won her Oscar and I was writing a paper on like different stereotypes. Um, maybe it wasn't just women, maybe women and men, but like I'd done research into this and stuff. Right. Um, and he's like conversing with me about it. So, you know, like like he already knew so much about all the stuff and not that I didn't know some stuff about it, yeah. but I was like, wow, like, look at you. Um, plus your confidence. I think that probably is the thing that attracts other than your body dysmorphia, which maybe is why I don't like your body dysmorphia because your confidence is so attractive Seems to like me and always has confidence. been that it's like, what do you mean? You don't look, especially when you actually look great. Like, so I think that is why I don't like your body. That's dysmorphia. the thing I is I, I've, I've never said that I don't look great. I know he actually I has never said that. <laughs> yes, he he yes. has to not lied. To be clear, <laughs> I think that I am. I look much better than most people. However, I don't look as good as I can look. So, and whatever. All that aside, I think that I would have missed out on all the greatness that is you if we were in the pods, because your intelligence is really what um, I find incredibly attractive about you. It's one of the. It's it was like the thing that put me over the top as far as like this could be a real long term relationship. Mm -hmm. What drew me in is how you look, obviously. And you do not wear your intelligence on your sleeve and you are like fun and bubbly. And I don't know. I was thinking about this, that happy people, you don't think of happy people as being smart. And that maybe it's just because it's 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 a shitty thing. It might be media construct constructs, but like you only hear smart people talking about serious things. And I notice like you are like one of the smartest people I've ever met, and I find it incredibly attractive. But you come off as like, at first at least, you come off as like uh, a pretty girl who is just like kind of talks really fast and is kind of. Uh, <laughs> Like clueless, like the movie, kind of, I think is like your original impression. And you were hot enough that I was like, all right, let's stick around. Let's ride this thing on out. I don't care if she's dumb. But then I was like, oh, she's really smart. And then, so yeah, love is blind wouldn't have worked for us. I, well, I might have hollered at you when they go to the hotel afterwards. I'm like, oh, I blew it. But and if it was just in the pods and I was listening to you be all happy and bubbly, I'm like, oh. but you really wouldn't have done a second date because I think eventually you can tell I'm not dumb yeah no i i know but but and like who doesn't enjoy like so here's why i think from your perspective it wouldn't have worked the only thing about you that may not have worked for me is i feel like if you were doing this type of experiment where you could not see anyone the way you were trying to be so like black and white about things sometimes i feel like you would come in with maybe not literally written one probably a written one though like a checklist like mm -hmm. what about this what do you want to do about this what is your opinion on this like da -da 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 -da. and that would annoy the shit out of me just because it's not how i think or function yeah, you hate you hate efficiency. You, you want to lollygag. <laughs> I'm sorry. I literally said that one time we were doing a Zoom for one of our kids with like a conference or whatever. And I had I got a call from the school that they didn't know we were on a Zoom with the school being like, oh, this other kid is sick. You got to come pick this one up. And so one of us had to leave. And I'm the one that's probably more engaged with the kids schooling um, for sure. Like I'm my background is as a teacher. And so and then a special education attorney. So like looking at some of these issues comes more naturally to me than to him. And I'm just here day to day. Um, and so hop on the school emails more quickly um, and drop them off. So have little, you know, side chats with the teachers and stuff then and administrators. 
And so you would think it would have been like him that would leave to pick Avery up. But I was like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> he knows all the things we need to say. And he'll say them to you so much more efficiently and you can get back yeah. to your day. Like, I'm just going to drive and get our daughter. Peace yeah. and blessings to you people. I, um, as, soon as, as soon as you left, I shut that that conference down <laughs> quick. I was like, all right, we've been saying the same thing for whatever. Good. Anybody got any closing words? This is what I think. We're done. Goodbye. And me, we would have been like, oh, my God. Um, but I think that would have annoyed me, you coming in with like a checklist. And I also think it was so crazy about these types of things, like even us looking back at when we did have these like real in person conversations, like what we the questions you might have asked them, like, well, what do you want to do? How do you see your future? That's like, cool. I would have never said I'm going to be a stay at home mom. Right. Like I would have thought that would be just miserable. that's one of the biggest things I think relationship wise that I've learned uh, is. You don't know what the hell you want and you don't know what the hell you need and you don't know what's best for you. You have an idea. Is that only because we started dating so young, though? No, it's possible. But I you I guess people people change. I don't know. Maybe you change more from 22 to 32. But I still think that people from 42 to 52 are very different. We wouldn't know yet. Yeah, we wouldn't know yet. But I think we know we know thir early 30s to almost 40. So, like, I think. You never know the person that you're going to be. You don't know what you're going to be, where you're going to be in life. And you don't know. So like I one of the things that I thought was really important about us being together was like you were headed to a fancy law school and you're very smart and you had like some professional ambition. And like me being a football player, I was like, man, I can't I can't be with like someone who doesn't have like some comparable ambition. But like, <laughs> am I the most ambitious person you've ever met? And in um, some ways, like you're ambitious when it comes to like your purse collection. That's ambitious. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> I mean, that, that is stunning. But anyway, the point is, I think it's a it's a weird place to be. And that's why my checklist or my my partner matrix would have failed in the pods, because you're looking for all these things that you think are important and they may not turn out to be important. Like much most important, I guess, is like a a good person who is committed to like making it work. It's someone that you trust like that. Those are the things that I think. But also like sharing some value values. And I say that cautiously because I get that we, our values aren't like perfectly aligned um, or at least not like the way we grew up. We, yeah, accepting other people's values. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> probably yeah like i think we, and you being willing to take mine on <laughs> exactly that's what that's what i mean it's like they're good enough values i was like yeah i like those values i'll hang out with those values my values yeah they'll they'll fit in they'll get in where they fit in i mean i'm still kind of disappointed that you're saying you might not have chose me in the pods like you would have loved talking to me you're funny you're like, and I would have loved that you're funny, but like, you have to admit, like, it's hard sometimes people to admit, because I'm not like funny like you are. Like, I'm not doing like with Ryan today. I saw you on Get Up doing a different world and juice references. Um, but I'm like quick with you like that. And like, yeah. I think I'm effing hilarious in my own way, but like, it's more subtle. But you've come to see that now, right? You see that I'm funny. Sometimes. No, we have similar senses of humor, I think. It's it you would have liked talking to me. Gosh, why are you making me? No, so I don't. I'm not saying that I wouldn't have liked talking to you. It's <laughs> yes. more a judgment on me than it is on you. Is I think only a bit. I think that I would not have chosen you. I think I would have been wrong. I think I would have been like, no, I want someone who is serious and ambitious. Like I want to take over the world with this person. But at the time, and you don't. I was at the no. time. No. 
Well, at the time, I no. Remember, I was like, I'm going to go do Teach for America, and then I'm going to change, you know, the world and make schools better for all kids. Um, right. And I'm going to do this fancy stuff. Like, yeah. I mean, I guess we maybe we would have gotten to that conversation. You. But I, I just thinking about how, how like. I would have been happy and you would have held that against me. Yeah, because I mean, it would have been a mistake. It's not your fault. You seem so defensive. I am more judgment on myself. It's, it's like, so I sad to know my husband wouldn't have chose me in some other. Well, I mean, I I would have thrown I would have thrown everything away once we got out the pods. No, where we would have failed, though, honestly, is like if we didn't have like a really strong foundation, which you cannot have in seven days from talking <laughs> to each other in a pod, then yeah. they send you well first on vacation, but then to live with each other. Oh, yeah, we would have failed in that one right room apartment. I remember when I would come stay with you in Denver um, and it was like a whole house. It's again, it's the same personality. It's the same personality clash that we would talk about that would have caused us to fail in a one bedroom apartment. <laughs> yes, this one is we were doing Thanksgiving and this was like we've been dating for long enough that I came to be with you for Thanksgiving. So like over a year, maybe even two years in and I came to stay with you for Thanksgiving and I was baking and I went to Walmart and bought the stuff to bake with. So I had bought a fresh bag of brown sugar, which yes, I wasn't going to fly home with, but I bought a bag of brown sugar. I was making a sweet potato pie and naturally being the person I am, I just cook like measurements, measurements, Um, just throw it in there. It's going to be delicious. And I was baking the pie and I decided I needed a sprinkle more of brown sugar. And I put my clean fingers into the brown sugar. You got so mad like or like when you would find my hair around your bathroom because like hair sheds and it's like maybe I don't always keep up with it like so like that type of stuff like after we'd only known each other for seven days like you gave me I gave you the grace of like okay I know him and I love him even though he's annoying about these things and you gave me the grace of you know what I really really hate someone who puts their clean fingers in brown sugar but I also love her and want to you know be with her at least tonight as as is as is the theme yeah as is the theme you have not changed in that particular <laughs> way but i just deal with it no it i don't know no i don't i do not oh and i remember i used to, and i never do this anymore think about it i used to use his scissors his kitchen scissors it's not like it was a fancy nice set it was something picked up at walmart mm. but i used to use his kitchen aid kitchen scissors or whatever the knife set was to like cut Shears. things that weren't their kitchen scissors they're scissors um to cut things that were like like a tag off my clothes it would make him so mad i never do stuff like that anymore like i really don't all the time and i don't all the time. I do not use the kitchen scissors to cut non-kitchen things. That is not true. And I don't put my finger in like sugar. I do not. I do not. And like okay. literally I call back. I'd still leave my hair everywhere because I mean, I I'm sorry. Like it just falls out. I try not to, but I do, but I don't use your shower. I leave it in my shower. Then you have to go dig it out of my drain. So I love you, you so chosen much. Me. Can you just say you would have chosen me? I did cho choose you. Before <laughs> I throw you on back to a pod somewhere. Yeah, okay. I mean, Love is Blind would have been bad for me, especially at, <laughs> in my early 20s. Yeah, that would been real bad. I would have wished you would have matched with the non-Crohn's version. <laughs> Just All to right. watch you miserably fail. Uh, I would have succeeded. I don't fail at anything. Not at roasting or frying turkeys. Or relationships. <laughs> I mean, not this one, but you've had other relationships, and obviously they didn't work out because here we are. So they failed. I didn't fail. I succeeded. <laughs> Look at me now. <laughs> I love you so much. And I miss I you. Think I think they're happy to too home. where they are. But I love you. Doubtful. Dominique, seriously. I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> you think they wouldn't rather be with me? Yeah, you bro, you tripping. Dominique. No, I think that I, the world's a beautiful place and people end up with the person they're supposed to be with. Mm.
I'm just joking. Everyone's happy. No one wants to be with me but you. I love you. Bye. See you when I get home tomorrow. Bye. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.